We're going to take this time this morning. I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to spend some time in Ephesians 4 this morning. We're done with our study in the book of Ruth. In fact, we've got a well, a number of weeks where we're going to be kind of hovering from a couple different topics um, before we jump into a new study. Um, so over the next few weeks, we'll have a, uh, a group of different people that are teaching in the church, and I, we be different kind of single messages. But today we'll be in Ephesians 4. But before we go to God's Word, would you um, take a minute with me to pray and ask what we just prayed, that the power of the Lord would be at work in this place in our lives. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father God, what a privilege. What a gift it is to be still. God, especially in a world of so much motion, so much commotion, so many things. God, we confess that many of us find ourselves just like Martha. We're concerned with so many, many things. God, today we would like to choose with Mary to sit at your feet. God, we need that. And how we need, God, your power at work in our lives that we could live faithful to you. So God, we do pause and thank you and praise you for your work of grace. God, we thank you that you indeed are at work. God, we thank you that your grace is sufficient to meet the needs that we face. We pray, God, that our lives would make a difference. We thank you, God, that for whatever reasons it is that we are in Stockholm, you've brought us here to shine as a light amidst the darkness. So we pray for the city. God, we pray for the many, many who do not know who Jesus is. His name is a curse word. You are something to be mocked, to be scoffed at. So God, we pray, we pray even tomorrow that you would bless the time of Psalm Alberry teaching, God, let your word go forth in clarity and power. God, we thank you that your word is not bound. Your spirit is not bound. So we pray, God, that indeed that you would be at work in us and through us, but God, that your light and hope would shine. We thank you, God, for those believers in Tanzania. God, reaching out in your name, um, helping people, the, the hospital staff, God, let the gospel go forth because of this. We thank you we could be a part of that, God. Would you, would you bless um, and multiply our gift there to that hospital, that, that through that people would see your goodness and could know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, we pray. We pray that um, even today you'd renew our minds. God, you would give us ears to hear not to fill our heads, but God, our hearts. May our hearts 
God, yearn for your word, your will. God, may we say, as we have often prayed, God, let your will be done on earth in us as it is in heaven. God, we ask this and pray. Would you, would you bless our time in your word this morning? God, would you strengthen us? Would you transform us? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're done with our study in Ruth. And I, um, I wanted to take a, a minute for today and take it just a, some, some thoughts from the book of Ephesians. As a church, this is going to sound funny, but as a church, we studied the book of Ephesians. But like none of you were here for it. It was a while ago. And um, the book of Ephesians has a lot to offer us. But would you, would you um, turn to Ephesians chapter 4? And we're going to read verses 1 through 6. Ephesians chapter 4, chapter, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Paul says this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Father God, we pray just once again that these words would, your spirit would speed them home to our heart. Open up our, our eyes, God. Help us behold the wonder of your law, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Ephesians, Paul starts this. He says, um, I therefore the prison of the Lord. Now you tell me, what question should come to our minds when we read these words in verse 1? Paul says, I therefore the prison of the Lord. I hope that kind of rings a bell and you stop. Oh, what is the therefore, therefore, right? That's, what we, that's the question we want to start with. Paul's saying, I therefore, the prison of the Lord, well, what is the therefore about? We need to stop and ask that. Can I give you a 60-second overview of the book of Ephesians? Do, do you know what the book of Ephesians says? I mean, if I asked you, could you summarize the book of Ephesians? How could you do? That's a good challenge. You see, because, because Ephesians is kind of a condensed version of the book of Romans, okay? And the book of Romans 
is kind of an overview of the message of the Bible. So this is kind of the cliff notes, if you will. And so Ephesians is a book that you should know. It tells us so much about God. So let me, let me just walk through this with you. In fact, can I encourage you? You need to take time to learn this. It's important. For your spiritual growth, not, not for your head, but for your heart. This is, this is where God's word ex- exhorts you and me to let the word of God dwell in us richly. You see, your spiritual growth is probably not what it should be or could be, is it? We don't want to just know these things. We want to believe these truths. We want to absorb them into our minds, into our souls, and into our heart. Anyways, Ephesians chapter 1 to 3, 60 seconds. Chapter 1, the calling of God. Chapter 1 tells us about God's calling, how he has called those who are following him. And then it talks about the Son of God. So chapter 1, the calling of God, the Son of God. Chapter 2, the salvation of God. It goes from the salvation of God describing us as the enemies of God. But then it talks about the grace of God. And it describes us as the children of God. And that transformation from enemies to children, the means of that is God's grace. Chapter 3, Chapter 3 is a chapter God talks about the church of God. And these things are building blocks of our faith. They are so important. And what Paul is saying is because of all of these things, because God has had a plan from the beginning where he is going to make known his grace, he is going to take people who are enemies of him, he's going to reconcile them, he's going to save them, and he's going to put them together and make something beautiful. It's called the church. Are you a part of that? I'm not talking about Calvary, Stockholm. I'm talking about the universal church of God. Have you been born again? It's essential. We want to know these things. In fact, if today you're here and you're wondering why Am I weak spiritually? If you're wondering, why is there so little fruit in your life? Maybe you're wondering, why do you give in again and again to temptation? Can I tell you why? You are no longer amazed by the grace of God. And this is the message of Ephesians. It's saying God has done this amazing thing. He has called us. He's he's transforming us. He has made a way that we are now his children. And that is it. We want to be amazed by the grace of God. And that's where he says we break into chapter 4. Because chapters 1, 2, and 3, God is laying the foundation. This is what we can know, what we believe. And then chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians is that is how now we can live because of what God has done. And that's what he says, verse 1. He says, Therefore, I urge you, 
to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Well, what are we called? What is that calling? We are called God's children. That's our calling. We're children. We're children of the king. This is an amazing thing because we used to be children of wrath. You're one or the other. And guess what? You start out as a child of wrath. But now, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. I remember, I remember telling my boys when they were young, I remember saying, boys, I want you to remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, you bring my name with you. And I want you to think about that as you make decisions. And there's a sense in which that is our responsibility now, not with our family name. We have another name. We are God's children. And the calling that we have is to walk in a manner worthy of that name. If you are God's child... Everywhere you go, everything that you do, you are carrying with you the name of Jesus. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of us living our lives in public and private as holy and redeemed? He is worthy. And he's called us his children. Friends, is there, is there a family resemblance do you look like your father, your heavenly father? Maybe, maybe more than just looking, far more important than looking, are you acting like your father more and more? You and I need to be more like Jesus. I, I hope you want to be more like Jesus. How does that happen? How do we become more like Jesus? Well, let's read on. Let me ask you, what are three things you make sure that you have every day before you leave the house? You get up, you're on your way out, you make sure that you have at least three things, right? I got my wallet, I got my keys, I got my cell phone, right? Most of us do pretty well with that, and if we don't, well, then we suffer. Keys, wallet, cell phone, right? Check. Okay, we can go. And out the door we go. Forget those things. Okay? You can live without those. Here are three things you cannot live without. They are necessities. What does he say? With all humility and gentleness and with patience. Those are three things you want to take with you every day you leave the house. Don't leave the house without those things. Humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, where do we find those things? I mean, where, where do we get those things? Do we manufacture these ourselves? Don't, don't take your humility with you. 
that, that, that won't work. That's not what the text is saying. Don't take your gentleness. Because you're not that gentle. Don't take your patience. It'll never do. We need the humility and the gentleness and the patience of God. Think about that. I don't have to walk in my own humility because I really don't have any, first of all. In fact, that's one of my primary needs. It starts there. I need to recognize I am needy. Do you see that these things, humility, gentleness, patience, I think they're all mentioned somewhere else. Well, humility is called meekness. Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. You see, this is not about your humility, your patience, your gentleness. This is from God. They're fruit. They're fruit of the Spirit. They're the byproduct of walking with God. You see, doing these things, we will bear with one another in love. Friends, are people irritating to you? <laughs> really? Come on. Anybody ever get a little irritated, a little testy? Do we ever find ourselves thinking, oh, here is what we need to do. We need to go and we say, God, you know, I need your humility. I want your gentleness. I need your patience. In fact, the describing word that he goes from verse 3, he says, eager. His encouragement to you and me, he says, be eager. Now, that word in the New Testament, I think with diligence might be a better way to understand that word. So we might read this, with diligence, maintain the unity. With energy is the idea. Let me give you my definition. Being prepared to bike uphill. Okay? So you and I, how can I say this? It requires no diligence on your part or my part to eat a chocolate brownie. Okay? Do you get that? Not a problem. It might take diligence not to eat a chocolate brownie, okay? It doesn't take diligence to sleep in, okay? What requires diligence is kind of like biking uphill. It's going to require energy. And so what God is saying here, saying with energy, expecting this is going to take something to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. How do we maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace? I'm glad you asked. With energy and effort. This is going to be an uphill bike ride, okay? It's going to take a little bit of something. I should be expending energy to maintain the unity of the body of Christ. That is, I shouldn't be surprised if I run into somebody who's a brother or sister and they're a little hard to love. And when, when that happens, notice I didn't say if, when that happens, I want to get on my bike and say, I'm climbing this hill. 
because it's for something worthwhile, this unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. But how do we do this? I'll tell you how. Go ahead. That mobile phone that you made sure you didn't forget today, pull it out for a second. You can do that. Pull out your mobile phone. Go to the calendars. And choose a time and make an appointment when you can get alone with God. You should put that on your calendar. I am going to have a meeting with God at what time? And then you should attach the little reminder so your phone goes peek, 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 to remember, oh yeah, I have a meeting with Almighty God. And then as long as you're in your calendar, push the button that says repeat daily. This is how we maintain the unity. This is where we put the effort, is we need to be transformed in order for the fruit of the Spirit to grow in your life, in my life, which we desperately need. We need to wait upon the Lord. And so we go to him. We go into his presence. We tell him our heart. We worship him. We sit at his feet. We confess our sins. We confess our unbelief and we draw near to the cross. That's what we do. And friend, if that doesn't work, if your phone is not enough of a reminder, find someone here at the church. Humble yourself and say, you know what? My phone isn't working for me. I'm missing this appointment and it's an important one. Find somebody, find a brother or a sister and say, would you help me? Would you pray for me? Would you give me a nudge? Would you give me a text? Would you call me? Say, hey, how was this week? How was your time alone with God? We need help. God's word tells us this takes energy. It takes some effort. It takes some self-denial. But the fruit of that time with God will be what keeps the unity of the Spirit. God will grow in you and me what we truly need. Humility, gentleness, and patience. We need to move on. Verse 4. So he gives us exhortation, and then he says, there's one body and one Spirit. There's one hope. There's one Lord, there's one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all. This is such an amazing statement. We could park here for months. Don't worry, we won't. Let's hop over the first one, one body. But think about that. There's one spirit. There is one spirit at work. We're not looking at different spirits. There is one spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he is at work convicting us encouraging us, helping us, coming alongside. And there's one hope. There's only one hope. God's word makes it clear there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. Our hope must be in Christ. We don't have any other hope. What a great thing to think. I could put all my hope here and I will not be disappointed. There's one Lord. We get that. God is one. 
one faith. There's, there's one way to believe. There's one way to the Father through Jesus Christ. There's one baptism. Now, baptism here, this might be a little funny. Every time when the word baptism comes up in the Bible, it's not always talking about water baptism. I'm very convinced here it's not talking about water baptism. The word actually means immersion. And this one baptism is, baptism is our immersion into the body of Christ. It is a spiritual baptism. It happens once. It happens at salvation. And one God and Father. God is one. Who is over all, through all, all and in all. Now, interesting enough, he, he names seven different things that there is this oneness, this unity. I think that's kind of an interesting fact. Seven happens to be, though, the number of perfection in the Bible. We see it repeated many, many times in the book of Revelation. And I think there's a, there's a perfection of this unity. But the one of the, all these things where he says there's one that just blows me away and I hope captures your heart is this first one. One body. There is one body. Not four, not five, not three. And what the message of Ephesians is saying is God has taken people that were not a people, people that were, were of everything and anything else, and he has redeemed them and made us one. Just as God is one, just as there is one spirit, just as there is one hope, just as there is one faith, we are one. Take a minute. Look around the room. There's like nothing we all have in common besides we're all humans, right? We've got different nationalities. We've got different backgrounds, we've got different ages, we've got different, different opportunities of life, cultures, languages, you name it. The thing that unites us together is Christ. And that unity is so powerful. God lists it as one of many things of the items he, he lists beside the Godhead, besides faith. And what he's saying, God is saying, is we want to labor to protect that unity. It's worth of it. And so we invest that by us going to God for grace, for strength. We're so grateful that the unity that we have is not of our own doing. It has been purchased by the blood of Christ. And it's God that creates the unity, but we have a part to play. We get to contribute into this. And today, we have the joy of, of seeing four people trust and obey God by expressing that faith. They're trusting God in baptism, through baptism. Friends, we have, a, we have a calling here. It is a high calling. 
I hope that we understand that the energy that it takes is worth the effort. God says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called. Have you been called? Do you realize that? Have you heard God calling out to you saying, you need a savior? Have you responded to that saying, wow, I see and believe that Jesus is the savior that saves to the uttermost. No matter how dark my sins, no matter how wretched my past, no matter how enslaved and enchained I am, there's a God that died to set us free and to make us his. Have you heard that call? And the calling not just to believe and trust him for that, but to live for him. That is what God is calling you and I to do. Friends, if you have any questions about what that is, what the gospel is, I hope you take a minute and stop and talk to somebody here. Turn to a neighbor. Tell them, look, I need to understand this gospel thing a little more clearly. Can you help me out? This unity is actually one of the greatest things that we are celebrating when we remember the Lord's Supper. Because what we're remembering is that Jesus died and has made us one. We're, we're part of him. We're part of his body. May we have the grace May we desire to maintain that unity. Let's pray. Father, forgive us that we live in a world that demands so much that we neglect you. God, the reality is we all have the same amount of time. We ask for grace to remember your goodness, your power. All of us stand in need to renew our minds. Today, God, we want to remember your greatness, your goodness. Would you help us to seek first your kingdom? Forgive us, God, that perhaps this week we have sought your kingdom second or third or fourth. Or God, forgive us last. Would you, would you use us individually, each as small members that help build up the unity, not to break against it, not to resist it, not to tear it, God, would you, would you give us the desire to say, God, I, it is worth the effort, it is worth the uphill bike ride. And so, Father, when we find ourselves struggling to love somebody, struggling to be patient, God, when pride is deep in our lives, remind us of the humility of Christ. Let our impatience, let our lack of gentleness, God, be an exhortation to us that we need Jesus. Oh, God, help us to humble ourselves, to confess that, and to run to you for strength and grace.
God, we're so grateful for all that you've done. We're so thankful for the price you've paid to, to make us your bride. Oh God, may we walk with you. May we trust you. May we believe you. Oh God, may we be overwhelmed with your goodness. Please, God, help us be amazed by your grace. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.